you don't think that Jesus didn't, you know, have any kind of struggles or you, you don't think that there was any, any uh, of the family members trying to power play their way into the family, trying to control. And anybody have any people like that in their family? <laughs> any manipulators in your family? Any controllers? And you say, yeah, that's me. No, I won't go there. But uh, and so and so it's interesting in Mark 320. This is interesting. In Mark 3:20 verse uh, 20 through 21, it says, "And he came home again, the crowd gathered." This is in the New American uh, uh, Bible, uh, revised edition. He came home and again the crowd gathered, making it impossible for them to eat him and his disciples. When his relatives heard this, they set out to seize him, for they said, "He is out of his mind." And so so uh, Jesus, let me just, just give you a little backstory of here. Jesus was actually casting some demons out of people. And, uh, and the Pharisees were noticing it. People were noticing it. He was, he was doing some unusual things. And, and the Pharisees were getting upset. And his family came in and said, you know, he's just not right in the head. <laughs> oh, you hear what I'm saying? In other words, they misunderstood what Jesus was all about. And what, what Jesus was trying to accomplish and what Jesus is trying to do. And sometimes, you know, even our own family can misunderstand us. Sometimes when, we, when we we're trying to stand on a dream or a vision and, you know, uh, that's why you got to be careful who you give your vision to. Because they are, there are dream killers out here. And, you know, I'm going to say this, that, you know, always give your vision to somebody that, that can believe for you. In other words, you know, that's why we're, we have a vision of, of, of buying a building and having our own land. Why? So we can plant roots and so we can uh, do all that God wants us to do. Amen. So that we can, we can increase in the land. Glory to God. And so we want to we do all that we can do. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation that, that every once in a while our families may misunderstand us. And they may not understand what we're going through. Or we may be going through a season of problems. And I remember that I, I was, when I was growing up, I was going through some problems myself as a teen. I wasn't saved. And I, I remember that I would do all kinds of dumb things. I remember that I came home and I, and I you know, back then, I don't know, I guess I was 18. You could drink at 18. And so I drank and I threw up on the carpet. And uh, I was on the couch. And my dad's an old Navy man. He picked me up and he saw the throw. He said, son, get that cleaned up. Threw me down and I said, yes, sir. I was so embarrassed. I cleaned it up. Make sure. And you know what? My dad never mentioned anything after that. He never said, he never said, he just wanted me to clean it up. But I, I did hear him over, or I did overhear him talking once to my mom. That boy must be on drugs. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But he didn't say it to my face. Why? Because our words are powerful. <laughs> and I probably was. But anyway, our, our words are powerful. But you know what? Even though that we may start out a little shaky, even though we may start off, you know, not making that mark, not is anybody perfect in here? Amen. I can raise both hands. Glory to God. But God won't leave us. He won't forsake us. He'll work with us. Even though we might be a little screwed up, a little messed up in the head. You know what I'm talking about? Even though we might be a little messed up, God is still with us. 
God is still working with us. God is, is revealing his truth to us and bring us, uh, us out of all that deception that the enemy wants to try to put us into. Amen? So we, we got to understand this, that Jesus was a, a, a carpenter. He, sometimes we, we see him with his milky white skin, you know, the, 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 the paintings and with the flowing robes. And, you know, man, this, no, Jesus, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. He was, he probably had a tool belt, you know, and, you know, and, and he, you know, he, he did carpentry work. And, and so, you know, uh, I'm sure he was built because he was carrying everything. I bet you he was just. He was just backed out. And, and he had calluses on his hands. And he was a working man. And, and I believe that he, you know, they say that at the age of 12 that the Jewish boys become a man. And he probably started helping his dad in the shop at 12 years of age, working. And, and he probably worked for 18 years up until he became a minister. And then he didn't have to work. No, I won't go there. And, uh... <laughs> Get a real job, right? And, and he had a real No, he worked 18 years. He understands what it's like, you know, to, 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 to work and to be in that dynamic. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He understands when, 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 you, when you know, you just need to talk to him and, and let him know about work. And, and he may ask you, what about work? And you say, I got to go tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? He, he understands your frustrations. He understands what you're going through. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And in Hebrews 4.15, I love this, because we think sometimes, you ever feel like when you're, when you're in the process of, of the problem, and, and sometimes you almost feel like that God doesn't understand. Like, oh yeah, God, it's okay, you're up there in heaven, and, and, and of course, you know. No, no, Jesus understands. He is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He, he knows what we're going through. He's been tempted. He's been tested in all points. He's been, he's been tested. I'm sure that there was a, a pretty girl that, that the devil sent his way. And I'm sure he was tempted in, in that area as well. And some of you say, no, no. I, no, he was a man. He had flesh and blood. He, he, he had desires. But in Hebrews 4.15, I love this. It says this way in Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are without sin. Jesus was tempted in every area that we're tempted in. But what the good thing about Jesus, he did not fall under that temptation. He kept himself right. If it was a pretty girl, he made sure he moved his eyes. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You know what one person said, three second, the three second rule. And, and somebody said, is that like a Jamaican three seconds? 1,001. You know, and, and looking at, are, are you hearing what I'm saying? No, it's, you move as fast as you can. You don't allow the opposite sex to, to, to draw you in to those areas. Amen? And then, then, then it says here, and Jesus, I'm going to say this, Jesus understands our pain. More than physical pain, but probably emotional pain. And yeah, yeah, he understands that. He understands, you know, maybe some of you grew up, some of you may have been, rejected and some of you may have been anybody have ever been bullied in here glory to god I, I was bullied as a kid 
you know, uh, and, and I understand what's being bullied. I understand, you know, when, when be, being picked on, amen? And so, that's, you know, sometimes they like to pick on the short kid. I'm a short person. They, you know, the bigger guys like to pick on the shorter people, amen? That's why I got a short man's, you know, men, you know attitude. You know what I'm talking about? Knock it off. You know what I'm talking about? But, 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 but we got to get a, a revelation that Jesus understands emotional pain. Jesus has been through it. In Isaiah 53, uh, verses 2 and 3, it says this. And I love this about Jesus. Uh, it says, he grew up before him. This is Isaiah 53, 2 through 3, NIV. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. I'm just going to stop right here. You know... You know, this is saying that Jesus wasn't a model-looking guy. He wasn't this GQ, beautiful person that people were drawn to because of their beauty. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Jesus didn't have these outward looks that would cause people to be, you know what I'm talking about. Because, you know, they're, they're the professional models, you got what you so-called call the beautiful people in this world. You know what I'm talking about? And sometimes you can see, uh, I, I remember I was at 700 Club, and, I, and, this, and there was this lady actress, her name was Hunter, Hunter something. And all I know was, she, I was single at the time, okay? But all, all I know, I wasn't married. All I know is she was the most beautiful lady I ever saw in my life. She was so beautiful, I, was, I couldn't even talk. Hi, 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 Have you ever been around somebody so good? Yeah, your spouse. But have you, you know, but this person, sometimes, you know, I, sometimes beautiful people can make you dumb. You know, I, I wanted to come up and talk to her. You know, I said, man, that's a girl. And I found out she was, she was a movie star. She was, I guess she was a Christian movie star. She played in some kind of soap opera. And, uh, but, but she was just, 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 let me just say this, easy on the eyes. Okay, we'll just continue. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying today? But Jesus wasn't just easy on the eyes. You know, it's interesting to me that, 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 that uh, Lucifer was considered the most beautiful angel that God ever created. Think about this. He was beautiful. He was stunning. He was able to win one-third of the heavenly hosts to him. And I believe part of it was because of his beauty, his attraction. He was able to draw these angels to him. But Jesus didn't have this outward beauty about him. Think about it. Jesus, God, God could have made Jesus, uh, God the Father could have created Jesus to be this most beautiful person. But no, he was plain. He, he wasn't, and, and, and that's good for all of us homely people. Amen? Okay, we'll continue. And, uh, and, so, and so, but the beauty was within, not without. And I'm going to say this. I'm tearing up this message. And our beauty has to be inside. Have you ever seen a, 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 a person that was pretty on the outside but ugly on the inside? And I'm telling you, that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be beautiful on the inside, and that beauty radiates on the outside. Amen? And so we see that, that Jesus wasn't this, this 
model-looking person. And then it says he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Glory to God. So we see this, that, that Jesus wasn't always the most popular guy in the world. Jesus wasn't popular among the, the religious zealots of his day. He wasn't popular among the Pharisees and the Sadducees that should have welcomed him with open arms. Amen. They should have been able to, to see, but no, he was more welcomed by the prostitutes and, and by, the, by the, uh, you know, the tax collectors and, and by those. He was more welcomed by those people than his own people that were supposed to receive him. He was rejected. He knows what it feels like to be rejected. He knows what it feels like to be hurt. He, know, he can feel your pain. And we got to get a revelation of this, that Jesus qualifies to be your best friend. Jesus wasn't just emotionally, uh, felt emotional pain, but he felt physical pain as well because he had a body. Uh, and in, and he, he felt that through uh, the crucifixion. And it's interesting about the crucifixion. It says in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Think about this. You know, I'm telling you, God, the Father could have sent Jesus down any time, I guess, in history, but he decided to choose the time where the Romans had the worst execution ever created and demised by mankind. And, you know, nowadays, you know, if you're, you're getting executed, a lot of times they just give you a shot. You know, it's much more humane. They used to do the electric chair. And, and, and they may still do it in some states. But, um, but uh, now a lot of times they, they give you a shot and, they, and, and, and you get a lethal injection. But Jesus didn't get just a lethal injection. He got pierced and he got beat and he got whipped. And he, he, he experienced every pain I believe that a person can experience and then some. Why? So he can identify with us. So he, can, so he can identify with mankind. Jesus identifies with us so he can bring us to a place where we can identify with him. You know, you know we're, there's going to be a suffering for the Christian. And it's not sickness because Jesus bore our sickness. That's not the suffering that, that God's calling us. He's not calling you to a Job ministry where you're suffering sickness. No, that's the, the devil wants to put that on you. And then he's also not, he, he, Jesus was made poor so that through his poverty we may become rich. We're not supposed to suffer poverty or lack. Jesus became, he was stripped naked on the, on the cross and they took his clothes off. Why? So we could be clothed with the glory and the blessings of God. Jesus paid that price. We need to get a revelation of how Jesus is greater than Buddha. Jesus is greater than Muhammad. Jesus is greater than all these so-called religious leaders that, that are given a message. They're pointing to the truth. But Jesus is the truth. 
There's nobody like Jesus. Jesus is totally different than every religious leader out there. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So Jesus qualifies. I love this, this, this uh, proverb in Proverbs 18.24. And I believe it speaks about Jesus. In Proverbs 18.24, New English Translation says this way. A person who has friends may be harmed by them. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I'm going to say this to you today. And you may realize this. Anybody out here, let me just ask you a question. Anybody out here have some close friends? Have they ever betrayed you? Have they ever did you wrong? Have you ever put your trust in a friend and they didn't, and they didn't hold up? They, they ended up leaving. They were fair weather friends. When it got tough, they left. Anybody ever been out there like that? But Jesus is not like that. Jesus sticks closer than a brother. Jesus understands what we go through in this life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we need, I'm going to give you a couple points here. Uh, we need to make Jesus this morning, that, that all of this, we need to make Jesus our best friend. And I, I love this because uh, Jesus qualifies to be our best friend. But in John 15, 15, why does he qualify? Because, you know, all of us really should go to hell. None of us are good enough in our own right to make it to heaven. We don't have enough goodness in us. We have to rely on Jesus' goodness. And if it wasn't for Jesus' goodness, we all would be going to hell. Wow. That's powerful. But no, no, there is a reason why he went to the cross. There is a reason why he paid the sin debt. There is a reason. So we can escape hell and have heaven, glory to God. So we can have eternity with God the Father showering his love on us for an eternity. Glory to God. We are the loved ones. God loves you so much, no matter what you're going through. Get a revelation of that. I love this about Jesus when he was talking to his disciples because he's not, he didn't call us into his kingdom just to be servants. He didn't call you just to be a servant. I'm just looking for them to serve me. No, no, look what he says here that is so powerful in John 15, 15. Is he says this to his disciples, and you're a disciple, a disciplined one of the Lord. He said in John 15, 15, New King James Version, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I call you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus wasn't just calling his disciples servants. And I'm the master, you're the servant, you do what I tell you to do and don't ask any questions. No, he would say, I'm not calling you. Listen, guys, I'm not calling you servants. I'm calling you friends. Think about that. Friends, we're Jesus's friends, amen? And I love that. So, so how, how the, the question is, how do you become Jesus' friend? <laughs> now, are you ready? <laughs> how, how do I become Jesus' best friend? How do I make him my best friend? Well, number one, we need to spend time reading his word. You know, you, you know that's why you're here this morning because you love, how many people love the word of God? And I'm telling you, if you don't love the word of God, you don't love Jesus. Oh, that might be a revelation to some of us. 
If we don't love the Word of God, Jesus is the Word made flesh. I'm telling you, I love the Word of God. Somebody say, I love the Word of God. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 119, 97. He says, oh, how I love your law. Or you could, you could say, oh, how I love your word it is my meditation all the day. And then the, and then the blessing of loving God's word, it will make you wiser than your enemies. And the more you love your word, you can have more insight than your teachers. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Love his word. Uh, number two, we, if you, we're going to make Jesus our best friend, spend time in worshiping him. You know, we, we hear the general, you hear this a lot of times from celebrities and from sports figures. You hear this, that they love God. They say, oh, God is in my life, right? But they don't, they don't mention Jesus. And if you don't mention Jesus, I don't know if you can love God. Okay, I'm... We get this general idea, oh, God is in my corner. God made me rich. You know, God is with me. But, but, but are you honoring Jesus? Because if you're not honoring Jesus, you're not honoring God. Oh, man, are you listening to what I'm saying? If Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You've heard that before, haven't you? I didn't get that. That's hot off the press, right? And so, listen. We got we to spend time worshiping Jesus. John 5, 23 says it this way. It says that all should honor the Son. This is Jesus speaking. All should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? I'm, I'm saying this morning that we're here to worship Jesus. We're here to make to exalt Jesus. And as we exalt Jesus, we're exalting God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I love it what it says in, in Philippians. Therefore God also highly, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Those in heaven and those on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God by the Father. Are you here once of the Father? And so, so, so every, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow that Jesus is Lord. That's awesome. I love what it says in Hebrews 1, 6. But he, uh, he, but he again brings the firstborn into the world and he says, let all the angels of God worship him. So Jesus is deserving of our worship. We need a, yes, we, yes, you go to God, the Father in prayer. And yes, I know the technical, you ask God in Jesus' name. That's the technical way to pray. But you know what? You can pray to Jesus. You can let Jesus know that you love him. You can let him know that you appreciate him. You can let him know that he, you're with him and that he's with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You need to say, thank you, Jesus. You need, to start, you need to start recognizing Jesus as your, Jesus, this is a great day. I love it when Jesse DePlanis would come in and say, hi, Jesus. And he would say, Jesus would say, hi, Jesse. You know. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Get a revelation of that. And number three, we need to spend time in prayer. Now, the Bible says pray at all times without ceasing. How do you do that? Well, I believe that prayer is not just petitioning God for something, but it can be an ongoing conversation with him. And so we need to have an ongoing conversation with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And when we talk to him like he's a real person, which he is, glory to God, he's your Savior. He, you may just want to call him by some names. Thank you, Jesus. You're my deliverer today. You're my Savior today. You're my, you know, you may be dealing with some fear. You're my Prince of Peace today, Jesus. You're my mighty conqueror today, Jesus. You just, whatever name, you're Emmanuel, Jesus, you are God with me. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you this morning? And I love that because Jesus, listen, Jesus qualified to be our high priest. He was given a name that's above every name. And you know what Jesus is doing today in heaven? He's seated at the right hand of God forever making intercession for us. He's interceding on our behalf. When we're going through a hard time, Jesus knows it. He's been there. He knows how, what we're dealing with. He reveals it to the Father. And then the grace and the mercy and the love of God comes down in our lives. And Jesus feels our pain. He knows what we've been through. He's been through it himself. And I'm telling you, that's an awesome revelation to receive this morning, glory to God. And I love it in Hebrews 4, 16, in New King James Version, it says here, as we're going through a hard time, let us therefore come boldly. One translation says, let us come confidently. Let us come with confidence or boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is interceding for us so that we can have mercy, which we are, we're not getting something that we deserve, which is punishment. That's God's mercy. We should receive punishment, but we're not getting that. We're getting blessing instead. We should, and then find grace, and that's God's ability to move on our behalf, to cause the impossible to happen, so we can walk in the blessings of God. I'm telling you, His grace is it's more than we ever need. It's abundantly above more than we can ask or think. That's what his grace is for us. Every promise is yes and amen to the glory of God. And then help in time of need. The greatest prayer that you can ever pray when you're in trouble is Jesus. And when you call out that name, Jesus, that means deliverer. That means God is with us. That means that God is for you. That means that God is your peace. Jesus equates to all these names. Somebody say Jesus in the house this morning. So, so I want to just finish this up by saying to you today, uh, the last point is to trust Jesus. Give Jesus all your trust in your life. Trust him today. Trust him when things aren't looking good. Trust him today. Allow him to run your life. In other words, some of us may be running our own life. And I'm going to say this. Get yourself off the throne of your heart and put Jesus back on the throne of your heart. Let him dictate your life. Let him be the pilot and you the co-pilot. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And Proverbs 3, 5 says this way. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Listen, Jesus wants to bring you into greener pastures. He wants to bring you into, into a place of victory and glory. He wants to bring you into that promised land and keep you in the promised land. Do you believe that today? And as we put our trust and faith in him, he will do it. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 1030 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.